Hi guys, welcome back to an Easter Reflection Part 3. I trust that this series has really taken you not just the width of the Word of God, but also the depth of reflecting Christ in our lives. Before I go further, let us just commit this time to prayer. Father God, we once again look to you in our worship by listening to the preaching of the Word of God. No matter how long we've been a believer, or maybe we've just came to know Jesus, or even those of us who are watching today, you do not know who is Jesus. I pray that this word will give life. This word will give understanding. This word will reveal to you the God, the Savior of our lives, the Lord, the Captain of our soul, that you will discover that this life has got way greater meaning than we imagine it to be. So God, we surrender ourselves and we commit this time to you. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. In our Easter reflection, as we look at the scripture, as we study the Word of God, in the first part, I talk about the Word of God from the previous series, transiting into the Word that gives light. The Word of God, when it enters our soul, gives light. Help us to reflect based on the Word of God, because without light, there is no reflection. And you don't want to just reflect based on your own mood, your own feeling, or your own conscience, because they are unreliable. In Lent part two, uh, Pastor Josh talks about the incarnation of how God became man so that we men can return back to God. This, this is an important part of the Christian calendar, this Lent season. And the length of it is 40 days to commemorate the 40 days of Jesus' temptation in the wilderness by Satan. And we want to take this period of time leading up to Good Friday, leading up to Easter Sunday, to take these 40 days as well to reflect upon our own lives, the condition of our soul, of how we have been looking at Jesus' life, His fasting, His life, His ministry, His sacrifice, His suffering, and also ultimately His resurrection. Why are we doing this? So that this year's Good Friday and this year's uh, Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday is not just another service that you go to, but a service that carry a deeper spiritual reflection within us. I, I, I want to recap this, right? When you reflect, or do you reflect your life at all? And when you do so, all right, on what basis are you doing that reflection? Based on whatever thoughts that come through your mind, based on books that you have read, or talks or sermons that you have listened to? How do you reflect? You know what? Reflection is only possible if there is light. Psalms 119 verse 130 says, The entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. When the word of God enters us, it gives light. That means it shows us how we are doing. Because without light, you can't see. Without light, you can't evaluate. Without light, you don't know which area of your life is in trouble or which area of your life that you are living it righteously before God. And the Word of God gives understanding even to the simple, even to those who have just come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And once this Word enter us, we need to learn to apply the Word of God in our lives. And I share with you three things on how to apply the Word of God. Number one, we're going to apply it personally. How does this Word of God affect my life? 
How does it affect the way I think or what I know about God? How does it affect me in how I speak or how I carry myself? How does the Word of God affect me practically in the way I live my life? You know, how do I carry myself in front of other people, in my family, in my workplace, or in my university? And finally, how do I apply the Word of God persistently, habitually, developing into a lifestyle, not just seasonally, not just conditionally, not just lightly, that we will apply the Word of God every day of our lives and live, promise, vow, make a decision to live according to the standard of the Word of God. Well, I believe with all that we have given to you on week one and week two, and now we're preparing for week three, it will give you enough ground to form the basis of our reflection in this Lent season. A few years after I accepted Jesus into my life, there was one particular night I experienced a spurt of exponential growth like this intense longing and intense desire of wanting to know more about my faith. So I began reading my Bible very intensely. Like I, of course, some of you probably would have heard the story. It started with the book of Ephesians, which I don't know why. I didn't know the background. I I didn't do a study, but I just started from that book, uh, wanting to know more about God and Jesus. And so that encounter was so vivid. I, I remember reading page after page after page. And what happened after that was really strange, perhaps not strange, but interesting. I began to ask questions about life. Well, about my life to be exact. I knew by then that God made me, but I didn't know why He made me and why He put me in the universe at this particular point of time. I, I don't know where all those thoughts came from. I began to ask God, like, God, why wasn't I born in the 1800s or, or, or 1940s? Why was I born then, now? Uh, I began to ask God, why, why wouldn't I be born in 20, you know, year 2500, for example? Then the world would be so different. I would get to uh, enjoy different things in my life. But why now? What was his purpose of doing that? I began to have a lot of questions like the world kept on going, but people come and go. Did God just make us to look after the earth? What, what was his plan? What part is there for me to play? All these questions and reflections eventually led me to a place that I decided to serve God as the highest purpose and goal of my life. Well, I I couldn't put them in words then. You can probably say that was the beginning of the discovery of the call of God in my life. A question of origin the reflection of origin. Perhaps to a lot of people, this is where they struggle with identity. Where do we come from and why am I here? What is the assignment that I am supposed to fulfill? Who made the universe? Where do we go from here? These are probably some very big existential questions that we have On the inside of us, some of us, we entertain them a bit more. 
some of us kind of like just brush them aside. But I want you to know that the God who made the universe, the God who made you and I in His image, will not leave us hanging or abandon us with this question in our head without answers. And especially now more than ever before, the question of identity, who am I, has, has really troubled a lot of people. So can I take you to the scripture in this Lent 3 as we reflect on origin, as we reflect on identity, as we reflect on our own life. John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1 to verse 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is so beautiful. I, I, I don't know how to show you through the screen, but I have just loved this, how John writes this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Here, right at the start, when John writes about the beginning, when John writes about the Word, he was already targeting both the Jewish and the non-Jewish Gentiles, Greek readers. And it is dealing with a question of origin that everyone was wanting to find answers. But perhaps some of us, when we think about identity, we, we kind of like just think, oh, who am I? What should I do with my life? And that's probably about it. But John went even further, not just our identity of what we do, but our identity of where we come from. And beyond that, the identity of where everything began. I, I remember when I was a kid, my dad first bought me this uh, little illustration, kind of like animated book called In the Beginning. All right, so I guess he, he really regretted buying me that little book because it says in the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. And that's when this trouble began. I began to ask my dad, dad, if in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, then who created God? When was the beginning of God? And uh, because I was young and my mental capacity was not able to cope with the answers, I just keep nagging him, like, tell me, tell me, I, I, I don't understand. I, I don't know what you are saying. So here, John used the word word to represent God. You see, there was a reason why he was doing it. In the beginning, it's something very familiar to the Jewish readers as seen in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So immediately, he got the attention of the Jewish readers, all right? And in the Hebrew scripture, the word was, number one, an agent of creation. Psalms 33 verse 6 says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, their starry hosts by the breath of his mouth. So the word, it's an agent that God used to create everything that our eyes can see, even those that our eyes cannot see. It says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Number two, the Word of God, the, well, the Word, is the source of God's message 
to his people through the prophets. In Hosea chapter 1 and verse 2, it says, When the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord speaks through Hosea is a source of God's message and a source of God's law. All right? Number three, it is His standard of holiness. It is God's standard. The Word is God's standard of holiness. Psalms 119 verse 11, it says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Can you see how practical the Word of God is? If you want to learn to walk right before God, then you have to hide the Word of God in your heart. And what does it mean to hide the Word of God in your heart? It means you've got to embed it. You've you, you got to memorize it. You've got to commit to memory so that the Word of God is always on the inside of you. So in Hebrew thought, the Word was another expression of God. The Hebrew uh, uh, believers the, the Jewish people, they, they're very familiar that the Word of God is God Himself. And, and, and John is not just uh, addressing the Hebrew readers. He is also addressing the Greek readers. Because in Greek philosophy, the Word is the principle of reason that govern the world. The Greek community, they, they, they believe that Word is the foundation of all the discussion and and all the symposium for them to understand how the world was framed. So John, in his ability, right, to write, he tied this word, word, that is so impregnated with meaning for these two people group together and show them that the word, the word that you guys are looking for, the word that you guys are talking about, Logos, is none other than Jesus Christ himself. Straight away, the thought process and the perspective changed. Straight away, he, he, he changed the level of game altogether. That this word that was in the beginning, that was with God, that was God, that word is none other than Jesus himself. That Jesus had always been there. That Jesus shares God's eternity. Last week, when you hear Pastor George preach, it, it cannot be clearer than that, that this Jesus incarnated and became man was not an afterthought. Oh, you know what? Humanity failed. So God kind of like, all right, we're going to come up with a plan B. Let's make Jesus and let's send Jesus. No, no, no. Jesus has always been there right from the start, right from the start of our story of the story of humanity, even before the start, Jesus had always been there together with God. Athanasius said this, there never was when he was not. There never was when he was not. Jesus was always there. Number two, that, that this understanding that Jesus was eternally with God, eternally with God, there was no beginning. Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity has always been there. And number three, that Jesus himself was God. Jesus was not a created being. Jesus is not something or someone that was made by God. But you, you thought, but pastor, we, we are trying to figure out this whole confusion or, or, or search about our identity 
But you talk about Jesus. You talk about God. Why so? Because that is our state of origin. If you do not know God, how can you know yourself? If you do not know the one who created you, how can you and I as created being know who we truly are? So with this opening statement, John settles the issues of Christ's origin once and for all. So what does that mean for us? What does that mean for us? That when we worship Jesus, we worship God. And we are not worshipping a created being. We are worshipping the Creator Himself. And, and it says in the Word of God that and we, you and I, are made in the image of God. You are made in the image of God all throughout the Scripture. Before uh, the foundation of the earth, I knew you. I have set you apart, God said to Jeremiah. And I, I want you to know, and I want you to know when you begin to understand God, who we are, fit, fitting into the big picture of the entire narrative journey of humanity, then you begin to find meaning. You begin to find your identity. Identity is not a standalone of who you are and what you do, what you get, and that's about it. No, identity only makes sense when you found yourself as that piece of the puzzle in the grandeur, in the grand big picture of all that God has done, is doing and will do in all of the story of humanity. Jesus is the ultimate revelation of God. He is the living picture of God's holiness, tempted in every way yet without sin. The one in whom all things hold together. Colossians chapter 1 verse 17. He is before all things and in Him all things hold together. Jesus is before all things and in Him all things hold together. And, and so in this Lent 3, as we reflect our lives, it is impossible for you to make sense of your own life until you know who is Jesus. Who is God? Who is the Holy Spirit? Because if you do not know who is Christ, how can this light that comes into you make sense? Your life, your reflection is not independent of God, but fully and totally dependent on Him. It will, from today onwards, affect your thinking, affect how you live your life, affect your priority of what is truly important. Jesus was before all things and in Him hold all things together. Verse 3 says, Through Him all things were made. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. Jesus is not only our Lord and our Saviour, He is also the Creator of the universe. We came from God. We are made by God through Jesus. That very moment, I came to understand and receive that revelation that I was made by God in the image of God through Jesus. You know, it pretty much settles the score of our origin, settles the score of finding, searching for my identity. Because why? Because I realized that I am a spiritual being and I'm made 
for His glory for all eternity. Right there and then, it changes my perspective about life, of what is truly important, of how I want to invest my time and my energy. I want to be able to do something with my life that will last and echo for all eternity. And so, it was that moment, it was that period of my life that my identity was not found in what I do or who, um, who I am in terms of my career, but my identity is closely tight-knit well, or, or closely knit with whom God is and the God who made me gave me the identity of who I am. As a created being, we need to understand that void of the Creator, we will not know and discover our purpose. We are being made for more. We are not just here for this lifetime in this world. God has made us for far greater than what we have or what we see right now. Verse 4, In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The fruit of the Word's activity in mediating creation was not just the coming into existence of the world in the beginning, but the emergence of life within it. Can I read this to you one more time? It's so beautiful. The fruit of the Word's activity in mediating creation was not just the coming into existence of the world in the beginning, but the emergence of life within it. We are driven beyond the initial act of creation to the Word's ongoing sustenance of the universe. The Logos is the life giver. The Word is not just the agent or through the Word, the universe was made, but through the Word, life came into being. Verse 4 draws a distinction from verse 3 separating and highlighting mankind from all the other created beings. This life that is in Christ is the light for all mankind. So there's a separation here. So what is that separation? That this is no ordinary life. This is not just referring to the natural life with breath. This is also referring to eternal life. This life of Christ is light for all humanity. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 to verse 10. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we've done, but because of His own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, that Jesus has defeated death. And this life and immortality is now brought to light through the good news, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. First John chapter 5, verse 11 to 12, it says, And this is the testimony written by John himself. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. So, so what is this life all about? It can't be 
physical life because natural life, we are alive, right? But it says, whoever has the Son has this life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Going back to the gospel in John chapter 1 and verse 12, it says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. It is your identity, it is your position, it is your status of who you really are right now when you have Jesus Christ in your life. And, and this is that reflection that you are, you are not, you and I are not running helter-skelter trying to, oh, if I have this, I'm more secure of who I am. If I get this, I'm more secure of my own identity. If I have that, and in fact, it is not all these things that we need to have, but Jesus, the Son of God, who gives us life and life for all eternity. And not only that, He gave us the right to become children of God that through the Spirit we can cry, Abba, Father, that God is not just the distant, powerful God who created the universe. This God can be intimately known as our Father who is in heaven. So as we reflect on this, that those who has the Son has life. Now, in closing, the question that begs to be answered is, how are you letting this life in you shine in the darkness? In our reflection in this Lent season, now that I have life, now that I have Christ, and this Christ in me is the light of all mankind, how am I letting this light shine in the darkness? In John chapter 3, Jesus spoke to a high official, a Pharisee by the name of Nicodemus, and explain to him what he must do to inherit eternal life. It is there and then, probably the most quoted verse in the Bible, John 3, 16, was mentioned by Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And then contrasting that in the next chapter, in John chapter 4, Jesus, now spoke to an outcast, a Gentile, and not just a Gentile, an outcast, but a woman by the well, and explained to her that He is the gift of God, the Messiah called Christ, that whom you are speaking to, Jesus said, I am He. So a good reflection cannot be just a good thought, a good thinking in our head in this Lent season, a good reflection should always lead to a productive action. The hearers ought to be doers as well. So as we draw to a close, I want to submit to you that we need to learn to share the life that is on the inside of us, Christ, to all walks of life. That ought to be our reflection. How do I speak to high officials? How do I speak to people who are more important and how do I speak of the life of Christ that is in me to those who are downcast, outcasts, those probably the society think that they are not good enough? You know what, friends? No one is too high up there that they do not need Jesus. No one is too low that 
down there that do not deserve God. So in this Lent season, as we reflect, if you have Christ, if you have life, if you have the light on the inside of you, how do you let this light shine in the midst of darkness? How do you tell others about this life that you have? You cannot just keep it to yourself. Amen. And to those who do not have this life, you don't have this light. You do not have Christ. I want to introduce to you Jesus, the creator of the universe, the sustainer of life, and the savior of our soul. You'll be lost without Christ. You'll be in darkness. But when you have Christ, you have the light to show you the way home back to the Father. So those of you, those of us who are believers, we have to learn to reflect and how to share this life with others. And to those of you who do not know Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to God today. I want you to say this prayer after me. And then you will have life, not just any ordinary natural life, but eternal life that change your whole perspective about your life right now altogether, that change your identity about who you are right now. Amen? Let us close our eyes, bow our heads in prayer, say this prayer after me. Dear God, thank you for showing me your word today. I admit that I'm lost. I'm still fumbling with my own identity. I don't really know who I am, why am I here, and what I'm made for. I am not satisfied to live this life, to earn money, to have possessions, and then to pay for our kids. And then after that, waiting to die. There must be more to this life than just doing this. And today, I am so grateful that I can encounter you, God, that I can encounter Jesus. I admit that I've sinned against you, that there's a sin in my life that is preventing me from knowing you. So today, God, I want to receive Jesus Christ into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross to forgive me of my sins. And today, I pledge to walk faithfully and to serve you fruitfully all the days of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I trust that you have been impacted by the word that we have prepared for you today. I know God is doing a work on the inside of you. So it is my desire, it is my prayer that the word will change you from the inside out. And if you have been impacted, and you want to be a part of what we're doing in spreading the Word of God to the ends of the earth, you want to partner with us, I want to ask you, challenge you, encourage you, inspire you to give to our work so that whatever that we're doing can continually be done and we can do it better and we can do it far further to the entire ends of the world. Thank you for being a part of our ministry. God bless you and looking forward to having you soon. Take care now. God bless and bye-bye.